you in your life. As he has brought you into another year, may he have another agenda for you. This year, your life cannot progress at the same pace and momentum. God is going to cause his way to blow. And the wind of the spirit, it gives you acceleration. So this year, your acceleration is changing in the name of Jesus. The things that took you one week to digest, you will digest it in one hour. It took you so long to walk in forgiveness, you will just let it go. This year, in the name of Jesus, the things you didn't understand, God will cause you to understand. The things that caused you to fall and to fail, this year you would overcome. I said you would overcome. The wind of the Spirit is blowing over you right now. God is helping you in the name of Jesus. 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 Your story will not be the same. This year you have double. You have double. You have double. Two. Two for every trouble. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's why we have declared that this month we are focusing on praising God. Because Judah is the one who will plow. Judah is praise. And the Bible says that Judah shall plow. That means that Judah shall. Plowing is the breaking of the hard ground. And before you can plant, before you can water, before you can have success in anything, you must plant the seed. But when the ground is hard, the seed cannot be planted. And so when we say Judah shall plow, we are saying Judah will break her hard ground. Everything that was hard is going to be broken in the name of Jesus. I said it's going to be broken. How? By praise. Say praise. Let me hear you again. Let me hear you louder. Praise breaks hard ground. No matter what it is. That's why this month, on Tuesday, Wednesday, on Thursday, you are going to come here. Don't come with your high heel. Keep it at home. Because you see, you are going to dance before the Lord. You will dance your barrenness away. They didn't hear what I said. I said you will dance your barrenness away. Your unfruitfulness, it will die. You will walk out of that situation and you will not smell like the place you came from. God will separate you from what you are used to. I said God will separate you from what you are used to. In the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, purpose in your heart to give your strength to the Lord. That's why I said this month, don't make any heavy, heavy plans. You are waiting on God. And these three days that have been ordained, you ought to be here to praise God, to worship Him. Listen, last year, I, when one of the guys came here, I was lying here on the floor and I was just worshiping God. You see, God loves worshipers. I can hear you. If you know how to, you know the Syrophoenician woman, the Greek woman who came to see Jesus to seek intervention with her child who was demonized, who had a demon worrying the child. The Bible said she came to Jesus and said, look, he has a problem. Jesus didn't mind her. Said, no, you don't qualify. You are, you are a dog. And the Bible said as soon as the Lord said that he prostrated and he was, she was on the floor. Listen, worship. 
The real meaning of worship is positions. Say positions. So in the New Testament, there are three positions that are ordained for us. Lifting up of your hands, which is yada, surrendering. Say, Lord, help me. Lift me up. And then kneeling. Anytime Paul prayed, he knelt down and then prostrated. I want to see that in your life. It's not only once that we start, we should be able to fall in love with God. Fall in love with his presence. Fall in love with the things that he has done and who he is. That anointing is coming on you today. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said in the mighty name of Jesus. Take your Bible. Take your Bible. Raise it up. Raise it up. Say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. It is the word of truth. The word of God has power to set me free. So I declare, I have the knowledge of God. Because I meditate on it, I read it, and I do as it says. So I declare in the name of Jesus that I am free every day. For whom the Son makes free is free indeed. Amen. Now let's go to Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 10. The book of Nehemiah chapter 8 and verses 10 is in the Old Testament. Thank you, Father. If you are there, say, I am. I want to ask, wait for me. read it together. Then he said unto them, go your way, what? Eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is what? Prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye for the joy of the Lord is your he said, neither be ye sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's pray. Father, thank you. And thank you for this opportunity you have given me to preach your word. I declare your people shall be blessed. There shall be profitings. There shall be liftings. There shall be increase. And the light of your word shall pierce every darkness in their heart. We dispel and I dispel sorrow. I dispel discouragement. I dispel darkness. I scatter evil and depressions and all manner of presence of the evil one in the name of Jesus. Let everybody live here enlightened and lighted. Let there be a spring in their steps, joy on their face and singing upon their lips so that we will give you all the glory. Let us profit this morning for the days ahead in the name of Jesus. And all shall shout amen. Glory to God. Kindly take your seats. 
I told you that one of the things we value most preciously is the presence of God in this house. Say the presence. Come on, say the presence. So in our value system, we say that his presence is one of the things that we value. And the reason is very, very, very simple. Because when you have the presence of God, it's as if you have God himself. And so for all your life, the thing that you must desire every day is to carry a measure of the presence of God. When you read Ezekiel, the presence of God, which is measured as water, comes in various levels. It starts on your ankle, then it comes to your knee, then it comes to your waist, then it overshadows you, and then you begin to swim in it. So the more you practice the presence of God, the greater his presence is with you. And the presence of God, it naturally dispels evil. So don't worry about the demons, the witches, the power of darkness that is arranged against you. Light doesn't struggle when there is darkness. All that light has to do is to enter that dark place and the darkness will be dispelled. So instead of focusing your energy on who doesn't love you, who hates you, who is leaving you, who is criticizing you, or who is wishing you well, evil, focus on you having the presence of God. They might talk all they want, but when they see you, they change their mind. Because, you see, when a man has presence, their enemies will bow before them. This year, don't go looking for witches. Look for his presence. Don't go chasing demons. Get his angelic presence and then they will flee from you. So you see, most of the battle in our life, we think it's external. It's never external. It's usually internal. If you can internalize your issues, you will have victory. If you tell yourself, I am responsible for creating the presence of God, you will have victory. You can be dry as a wood and not carry the presence of God. Because the presence of God has designated things that goes with it. So that if you want to have the presence of God, there are things that you must do. It just doesn't happen like that. The presence of God is in the stadium. It's at the nightclub. It's in the school, but it is not made manifested. Because God is everywhere. He's online present. So, why is it that he manifests himself at places and other places he doesn't manifest himself at all? There is something that people did that created that environment for the presence of God to be manifested. And when you learn how to do the same thing, you have the same result. This year you walk in victory. I remember some years ago, an old man was dying. Elderly man in his late 70s or thereabouts. And then the daughter called me and said, Daddy, my father, he's sick, he's dying. Can you come and pray for him? I said, don't worry, I'll come. So I just, one of the days when I closed from work, I decided to drive there. And the man was in coma. He wasn't responding to anything. He couldn't communicate. He was in between life and death. So I I got to the compound, it was a compound house, and I knocked the wooden door, trap door. And then this person opened the door for me, 
And as soon as I walked in, the man who had gone into coma just got out of the coma. He just got out. And then when he came out of the coma, this is what he said. He said, there was an angel of death standing next to him to come and carry him away. But as soon as I entered the room, that evil presence also had to go away. You see, the presence of God, it drives away evil. He said, let God arise. When he said, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, he's saying that, let the power that is in you arise. Let the anointing, that is the presence of God, that is dormant, let it be activated. And when it's activated, your enemy, they will scatter. This year, you will have heavy presence. I say you will have the heavy presence of God. In the name of Jesus. No, when evil is coming, you know, some people, they will even say hello to you. Don't worry. You have made them out. They can't come near you because the light is too much. Stop trying to, you see, when you have the presence of God, there are people, God will not allow them to come near you because, you see, the light is too much for them. That's what you're going to walk in in this year. So when he came out of that coma, he said, as soon as I walked in, this angel of death, that was coming to carry her, him away, left. And then he revived. He lived for a very long time, I think another 10 years, before he went back to the Lord. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. I can't hear your clap at all. So this year, carry the presence of God. That's why we have declared praises. Because one of the things that praising God does is to provoke his presence, is to generate his presence, is to bring his presence around you. God is in you. God is with you. But God upon you is what we call the anointing. Let me repeat what I said. I said God is in you. You got born again. The spirit of God is you as a child of God. God is with you. He walks with you. And then God is upon you. And that is the anointing, which is the presence and the power. That is what scatters the enemies. When they see you coming, they walk away. They walk away when they see you. Listen, this year, those family witches, they will not come near your house anymore. You see, they've been walking in your house up and down like that. Sometimes they come and sit and eat supper. They enter your fridge. They take what they want and they eat and then they walk out. They say there's no power, there's no presence here. This year they will not have the access anymore. Because you see, you are going to radiate radioactive material, which is the power of God all around you. When you come into a jurisdiction, they will know an entity, a being has come. In the name of Jesus Christ. So, why praises? Why? Why do we praise God? Praising God provokes his presence. Anywhere you see people praising God and genuinely from their heart, not skillful singing, not skillful dancing, but praising that is emanating from a joyful heart, they have provoked God's presence. And you don't want to mess with people like that. 
praise is a spirit. I checked the other meaning of the word garment of praise. And I realized that the word garment means surely. So what he meant was that if you praise God, surely, surely, the spirit of heaviness cannot dwell on you. This garment is like a wrapper. It wraps you everywhere so that the enemy will not have any place to lay eggs. So instead of taking antidepressants, you might as well do praises. Praise is the Eliza for everything that makes you heavy. Praise is your greatest secret to every discouragement, sorrow, fear. Oh, you will not fear anymore. I'm not talking about praise. I'm talking about praise. I said I'm talking about praise. You see, prayer is done in secret, but praise is done openly. So God needs the working of these two to accomplish his assignment in your life. You pray in secret, the Lord rewards you. But when you praise him openly, he shows up. May you carry the presence of God. Now, when we say praise, what do we mean? Praise means many things. One, it means a dance. A dance. Say, say dance. You know, when you come to the house of the Lord, learn to dance. Learn to dance. And when you are dancing, you are not dancing to any man or any woman. Let us be free in the house of God. I say, let us be free in the house of God. You are too self-conscious. When you come to church, you are all focused about your jewelry and how good you look. You look good. But that is not why you came to church. You came to praise God with your goodness. You look nice. We will compliment you. But if you left the same makeup the way you came, you didn't come to God. Because you see, when the woman came to praise God and to pour the oil, she broke the alabaster box too. She said, look, my body is for you. So I'm going to give it to you as a sacrifice. When you learned, say dancing, dancing, say dancing. You know, somebody danced their way to have the fortune of King Herod. Herodias, the woman who married Herod, the brother, huh? she had a daughter. And when the, the king was celebrating his birthday, he, 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 he was looking for somebody to come and dance. And this young lady came to dance. Hey! As she was dancing, the man began to lose his mind. He said, to the half of my kingdom, to the heart, half of my kingdom. Ask whatever you want. To the half of the kingdom. Dancing. So as this lady was dancing before this king, the king said, I can give you half of my kingdom. Whatever you want, name it. Dancing. Now this was a woman dancing before a king, a man. How much more are you dancing before God? Oh, may your feet become light in the name of Jesus. May your feet become swift in the house of God. You see, when you dance before God, you become an attraction. Selim Akoba. I want to say some things, but I'll reserve it for another day. For the three nights, come on, say mine. Somebody say mine. You see, when you dance, you become, you know, very easy to flow with. Have you seen somebody who is very stiff? 
stiff upper lips. Excuse me, sir. They are prim and prop. They are not relaxed. The Bible said, the mountain of the Lord, shall, the people shall flow into it. Flow is like liquid. It will flow into it. Not be stiff and go into the house of God. So I lose you in the name of Jesus. I say, I lose you in the name of Jesus. When you see your pastor praising, learn it. Say, pastor, I don't know how to dance. Who cares? You see, it is not about the dancing steps you have. It's about your response of your heart to God. It will begin to affect your feet. It will begin to affect your hand. Your head will begin to turn in a setting. You see, you are dancing without a formula, but it's coming from your heart. May that grace come upon you today in the name of Jesus. You know, David also danced before the Lord. And God established the, the tabernacle of David. Now listen, in the Old Testament, they had the tabernacle of Moses. And then David set up what we call the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle of David was not like the tabernacle of Moses. The tabernacle of Moses had three compartments. We had the, listen carefully, we had the outer court, we had the inner court, and then we had the holy of holies. So under the tabernacle of Moses, when you read the book of Exodus, the clothes they were supposed to wear, how they were supposed to walk, how they were supposed to bend the incense, Everything was detailed. So if the high priest is to go into that place once a year to offer sacrifice, there was a way he had to shave. There was a way he had to dress. He wasn't supposed to sweat. If he sweats, he's dead. So they made their cloth of linen, a linen effort, and there was a way they walked to into the Holy of Holies where the ark of the presence of the Lord was. And when this man is going in there, they had to tie his leg with a chain or a rope because the presence of God was so terrifying that if anything happened to this man, you can't go. If you go, you will die. Another person tries, you will die. Another, it will, it will be piling bodies. So they tie his feet with a rope just in case. So if this man is going with the sacrifice of the blood and he's approaching this place and he makes a mistake, he'll be dead. And when he dies, all they have to do is just pull him out like that. Sorry, you. So you realize that under the tabernacle of Moses, the presence of God, you just don't approach it anywhere. Now, look at David. David went to take the ark. And you know what he did? He didn't do the outer court. He didn't do the inner court. He didn't do the holy of holy. He just put it under a tent. You know, when they were going to bring this thing back, people tried touching it and they died. Now David, he takes this ark. And then you know what he does? He dances before the ark. And God didn't kill him. The God who was killing all these people. He said, I like this one better. No outer court, no ablution, no washing of feet, washing of, no sacrifice. David just goes in the front of the ark and he was dancing. And the Lord said, I'm okay. You don't have to follow. I wrote the law. God didn't give Moses any plan for the tabernacle of David. David himself decided to do it. Say, Lord, I'm not going to follow this plan. I'll just put you here and I'll dance before you. And I will praise you. And I will glorify you. And all those things were set aside. May you approach God with thanksgiving in your heart and a step in your feet. You learn how to praise God when you come into his presence. What is taking other people long, it will be done for you in a very
very short time. You see, you see, you know why you don't want to praise God? You see, dancing looks very, very trivial. You know, there's a way we treat singers sometimes. They are not serious people. Even in the church, I've been a praise and worship leader for a long time. And I see how praise and worship leaders are kind of seen or looked at. We are secondary. They put the senior pastors here and they put the praise and worship leaders down there. Ministering our minister, CCC. But you see, the reason why they look at us funny is because we dance. And we praise God. And we are not serious with some great tongues and some dreadful face. And so they think we are not, look at this, but they are not serious. They are always dancing before. You are the one not serious. That's why I'm breaking through and leaving you behind. May the joy of the Lord become your strength. In the name of Jesus. That's what I realized. A lot of people don't take people who dance serious. You know, even in companies, when you are always joyful and you have a certain kind of attitude, they say, look at this man, he's always... To the world is foolishness, but to you it is wisdom. Why are you always happy? Why? What? Why? Why? This guy there, he's not serious. He's always happy. Me, I'm not serious. That's why demons are sitting on your head like that. And every day you have to pop pills because you can't sleep at night. You can't eat at, in the afternoon. And you can't even, you, you need pills to go to bed, pills to wake up. But I don't need, I just need dancing and praising God. And I'm sorry, you, you're, you are spending money on things I have for free. So when you go to some serious churches, and you are, I went to a church, me, when I, everywhere I go, I have to dance. I don't care who you are. You know, and the people were ministering. I said, ah, everybody was sitting down. I said, hey, where have I come? Is it a cinema hall or an orchestra? Everybody was clapping their jewelry. Hello. And I was sitting and the thing was moving me. I was sitting here with the, the, the bishop too was sitting. That area. So I look around. I was looking for somebody to help me. I, I just needed so one person to stand up. You know, like when you come to church, all you need is one person dancing. And then all of a sudden, all of you begin to dance. May you become that instigator. When we see you in church, the praise of God will become glorious. When we see you dance, there will be an attraction. When you go to a place, only one person can loose up the place. And one person can bind everybody. Your face is like the mountains of Himalayas. It's so heavy. The praise and worship leader has to be looking at the instruments. When they look at you, they forget the song. You know when you're leading praise, you can forget the song. Some of you, uh, clap your hands. I think he knows what I'm talking about. Come on, I said clap your hands and praise. You can forget your song, your timing, because people are looking at you very quiet. Okay, where is he up to? What is he trying to do? Well... You are stiff like a log. That's why nobody can come near you. Young woman, you can't dance. You can't even dance and go down. But you want to marry. Uh, don't you know that marriage, you have to be flowing Come on, am I preaching to somebody here? Every day you have a straight back and a stiff neck. <laughs> Everybody's scared to get close to you. 
you don't flow, you know, you don't have flexibility. When you marry to, you become, uh, I'll leave that one for marriage counseling. Hello. Am I preaching to you today? But when you dance, it, it has a way of making you amenable, ductile, malleable, flow. You become pleasant. Receive that anointing today. Receive that anointing today. One of these days you'll be dancing. Eh? Something's going to happen to you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We don't need your degree in church. We need your praises. When you come to church, lose us. I say lose us. When we sit by you, we feel so stiffened. Proper. Premium proper. We can't praise God. Come on, somebody shout amen. I said shout amen. May God elevate you to the next level. Come on, I said shout amen. So dance in his place. David danced. Uh, he forgot that he was left with his boxer shorts. You know you can dance and then you lose where you are. I pray that you come to that place one day. You know, you've been dancing, you've forgotten where you are. We'll have to put a cloth on you. That anointing is coming into this house. I'm showing you, listen, and then the wife, Michal, said, look at the king. He's disgracing. I'm telling you, dancing. Anywhere you dance, people don't take you serious. Next time you go to board meeting, don't dance. Come and dance in the house of the Lord alone. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? It's permitted here if you dance here, all right. But if you go to your body, you are, you are dancing. Hey. <laughs> they look at you very, oh, okay. But here you can dance. But you dance, but you dance very strategically. Are you hearing me? You can lose all your respect when you dance in the well. But you gain all the respect when you dance in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So this David is dancing. Excited about a God who has taken him from the backside of the desert. And then he excited to a princess from the palace. And this guy was a sheep herder on the backside of the desert. You see the cultural contrast. She was raised in the palaces. She has the mannerisms of a queen and a princess. She knows how to stretch her hands, how to talk. But David is a bushman. And all he knows is sheep. And so when he saw that God has elevated him to become a king, hey, me, king, over God's inheritance, the least I can do is to dance. So here's the man dancing, and the classical wife has a problem. Now, the Bible said her womb was shut. It didn't mean that God came to shut her womb. Hello? David never went back to her. Say, so you marry yourself. <laughs> Give birth to your own children. That is what happened. Because he said, and the king was dancing before the ladies today. And the king said, no. They weren't the reason why I was dancing. I was dancing because, because of what the Lord has done for me. And so when we are dancing in church, we are dancing to the Lord. Don't think about what people are saying. I want you to become a dancer. You see, when you rise in your house alone, dance. Sing before the Lord. Do something. Say, Lord, I'm praising you. It brings the presence of God on you. You become an attraction. Favor locates you. It dispels the worries, the troubles, the stress of life. When you practice this, you're always light and fresh. 
May that anointing come upon you in the name of Jesus. May that anointing come upon you in the name of Jesus. When we come into this church, let's, 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 let's be free. I, I will never be bound. Oh, I didn't finish telling you the story. So, I was looking for somebody to help me to get up. You don't have to get up. Nobody was coming. I said, shoe or no shoe. Help or no help. I'm going to pray. So, I stood up. And I started doing my thing. Immediately, an usher came. Excuse me, sir. Please, sir. Can we, can we move? Yeah. They moved me. You haven't seen my crazy type before. I'm too close to the bishop. I may fall and break his neck. So they moved me to that side. I said, no problem. I'm just praising God. I'm not praising you for you. I'm praising God for me. When I look at where the Lord has brought me from, my family from, look, as I'm sitting, I have a testimony that will blow your mind. <laughs> my brother who's been missing, he left the house 25 years ago. 25 years, 1997. We never heard of him. We never saw him. We never knew where he was. 25 years, no call, nothing. Just left. And you say I shouldn't praise God. Somebody was left in the Sahara Desert to die. Somehow an angel came to shake him and revive him from his own story. You say I shouldn't praise God. You don't know the God I serve. And you don't know how far he has brought me. If I'm to tell you my story, you'll be jumping and shouting and praising with me. May you learn how to praise God. May you learn how to glorify God. When you do that, he always will remember you and your sacrifice. Give the Lord a shout and a clap. I can hear you. I say a shout and a clap. So, this is what he said. He said, neither be ye sorry for yourself. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. I said, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop blaming yourself. It is not your fault. I said, it's not your fault. It's happened. So what? He said, he said go and eat. Drink. Go and chill, chillax. And don't be sorry for the joy of the Lord. The opposite of sorrow is joy. So anytime you are sorry, don't say that you are worshiping God. God does not dwell in a place of sorrow. Let me repeat what I said. You know, anytime you see people sorrowing and mourning, God is not there. <laughs> no. When Jesus met the young man who was going to be buried, and Bible said there was a cortege of people weeping and sorrowing, when Jesus met them, Bible said that Jesus touched the casket and commanded the body to rise again. Everywhere. So imagine what happened after the child rose up. Do you think they were sorrowing? There must be joy unspeakable. That is full of glory. The litmus test of God being a place is the joy in that place. May this house never be eluded with the presence of God. May this house be full of the glory of God. Because the people in here, they have learned the art of praising God. And may his presence ever dwell in this place. Lord, anyone who walks into this house, may they be encouraged. Anyone who walks into this house, may the joy of the Lord fill their heart. Because the sacrifice of praise 
has been left on this ground. The tracks of thanksgiving, the tracks of praising, the tracks of shouting is littered all over this ground. May somebody pick it in the name of Jesus. Just like how people pick demons when they go to a funeral grounds or demonic household, may they pick an anointing of praise when they come into your house. A shout, a clap, a thanks. Hey, somebody receive it in the name of Jesus. So don't tell me, don't tell me that anytime you are sorry, don't tell me you have the presence of God. It's not possible. That's why David had to encourage himself in the Lord himself because he knew that if he doesn't move himself from that place, he cannot know what to do next. Bible says he encouraged himself and the Lord said, go after them. You will recover all. Listen, may you never feel sorry. May you never ever come to the place where you feel sorry. Listen, he said the joy, but I say the joy. Of the Lord is my strength. What is strength? Strength is knowledge. Bible said a wise man is strong. A man of knowledge increases strength. So we are not necessarily talking about physical energy. Your physical energy is controlled by your thoughts, the way you think. So your physical strength is a function of the vibrancy of your thoughts. Some people are sick and they cannot be diagnosed. They don't know what is wrong with them, but they are sick. The mind is depressed. The mind has given up. The mind is tired. The mind is thrown in the towel. And the person is not physically sick, but they are sick. So what gives you joy is what gives you strength. And that strength is knowledge. And that knowledge invigorates you. When you say you are tired, the thing you are doing is not producing joy. Because if what you are doing is giving you joy, you will never be tired. Joy is a function of the things you like doing. So whatever you derive joy from is the thing that feeds your strength. Hallelujah. When you say you are tired, you are bored with what you are doing. I'm tired of this relationship. You are bored with a guy. But you know, if Kofi gives you joy, Kofi, dear, 15 years will be like three days. Kofi is coming on. Kofi, bo. Kofi, bona. Ebo. Ebawa. And then you see, you that you went to work with, you close at 7.30. You are busy cooking. You are bathing the children. You are not tired. very excited by Kofi. The joy of Kofi is my strength. Even if it's 10.30, Kofi says, baby, I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, really? What do you want to eat? You know, I'm going to shanty my own fufu. Fufu, no problem. <laughs> you are pounding fufu 10 p.m. The joy of Kofi is your strength. So you see, anything that gives you joy, gives you strength. When God becomes your joy, you don't get tired. Hallelujah. Anything that gives you joy, you don't get tired about it. So you see this young lady pounding fufu 10 p.m. Okay, these days they have online fufu, so you can just tear down. 
and 10 p.m. Usually you would have slept by then. But the joy of cooking has given you strength to be cooking, pounding fufu at 10 p.m. Say, are you not tired? No problem, Papa, I don't feel it. Something has taken over the tiredness. It is the joy of something that you are seeing. You know how Jesus was able to endure the cross? It wasn't as if the cross was, was easy. No. The cross was very terrible. But Bible said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So Jesus' mind was not on the cross, was not on the nails, was not on the nails in his feet, wasn't the tones on his head, not the piercing on his side. It was what he was seeing. He was seeing a name that is above every name. He was seeing how he was going to present the blood. Can you help me right now? How to present the blood to the Father. That's what he was. He was seeing himself sitting on the right hand of power. He saw himself resurrected. So whilst he was doing that thing, he said, oh, don't worry. I'm seeing something. I'm seeing something. I'm seeing something. May you set your eyes on things above and not on things on the earth. May the joy of the Lord become your strength. When the joy of the Lord, you're not tired anymore. I said, you'll not be tired anymore. Oh, the place is too far. Oh, I can't go. You have lost the joy of the Lord. That's why you are talking like that. Today, I command revival. I command a revival. A fire back into your soul. Can you, can you? So, so, so. A young lady, closest from work, she likes clothing. She's a fashion icon, you know. And she knows all the deals. That comes seasonally on every cloth in the top shops. So she comes home very exhausted, tired. She kicks off her feet, the shoes off her feet, and then she jumps into the sofa. She's sleeping. And then all of a sudden, the phone calls, the phone rings, and they tell her, Joyce, you can't believe the deal that has come on your favorite items in your shop. They've marked everything down to 10%. The woman who is so tired, all of a sudden, when she heard the news, say, well, my favorite clothes, the price has been reduced, she jumps out of the bed like that. Where did the strength come from? The joy of the new dress. Because she's picturing herself with a green green, you know, and the combinations and the beauty of how she would look. All of a sudden, all the tiredness and the stress, it went out of the window. She said, oh baby, hold on, I'm coming. She picks up her key. She's in her car. She's driving five kilometers to the same place that she wouldn't have gone if they asked her to go and do home care. <laughs> Come on, I'm preaching to you right now. So, you know, I'm very tired. <laughs> so you see your strength is the function of the things you love are you hearing me so when the joy of the Lord becomes your, the things of God becomes your joy you don't get tired this year you'll never be tired do you know why God is going to give you miracles and miracles and miracles I said miracles and miracles when you thought you've had enough another one will hit you when you tell Lord this is alright another one is coming from the north Another one is coming, and then you'll be so, say, wow, this is what God can do for me. Stand on your feet.
sahele Nyami osaheli Nyami Nyami Yeah, yeah, yeah. 